Welcome back to The Brecky Show. You're with Minnie and Renee. And we are ready for our Encounter with God section. Uh, we have been studying Isaiah. If you guys have been following along, we are so glad that you have. And if you're just tuning in, again, welcome, welcome. Welcome. So this is our 20 Million Movement Bible study, as we've mentioned most days, I think. <laughs> uh, it's basically just a whole bunch of people around the world. We're looking at the same section. And it's kind of nice. We hope that you have people that you can do some Bible study with, as we were just talking about in our interview with Blair. Um, yeah, not doing the journey alone, not, not being in isolation can just be a really encouraging thing. Um, if you are alone and you're doing this, also we're so glad. But if you ever do want to connect with the faith community around you, um, you know, find a small group or just have a spiritual friend, mm. yeah, I just encourage you to do that. We're in Isaiah chapter 11. We've been reading, what, 9 and 10? Past yes, couple of days? Yes, we have. Yesterday we read chapter ten, chapter 9 and 10, but 10 was especially um, gloomy. Mm. No, 9. We started, I don't remember. <laughs> 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 nine was the nine was the prophecy. It predicts the, the deliverance um, for the gloomy, anguished people who had trusted the occult and fallen prey to military oh, con- yeah. conquest. And then chapter ten is because they refused to turn back to God and repent. Mm. God was was it was basically executing justice on behalf of you know the people who who had been um, taken advantage of by the leaders and the religious. It said the lying prophets. So, mm. yeah. It was- yeah, absolutely. So this is about the root and branch in one. So we're looking at Isaiah chapter 11. It's, I find Isaiah actually a really interesting book because, as you said, it kind of goes from God being like salvation, mercy, I'm bringing you out to, hey, you guys, just the way you're treating others is not okay. There's mm-hmm. execution of judgment and mm-hmm. justice to but there's hope mm-hmm. to – but you really need to understand the reality of the situation you're in. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this back and forth constantly yeah. between the goodness of God's heart and his desire to save you and the fact that the people don't seem to really want to change to be saved. Uh, so Isaiah chapter 11 kind of comes with this hope and promise again. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe before we read, did you want to say a prayer for us, Renee? Absolutely. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, as we open your word, we ask for your Holy Spirit in our hearts and our minds. I pray you be with the listeners um, and may we all be able to take something away and hear your voice um, to our hearts and our minds today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So we just want to read. We probably won't read all of Isaiah chapter 11, although I do think it's a great chapter. But let's go ahead and read chapter 11, verse 1 to, oh, you know what? Let's go down to verse 10. Or I'll do. one or mm. <laughs> yes, one through ten. Okay. Let's do one through ten. <laughs> All righty. So out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion and a little child will lead them all. 
The cow will graze near the bear, the cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a cobra. Yes, a little child will put his its hand near the nest of a deadly snake without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the people will be filled with the people who know the Lord. So the earth will be filled with the people who know the Lord. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him. The land where he lives will be a glorious place. So good. Um, so was there anything that you particularly got out of that or was highlighted for you? Well, it was a very, very beautiful picture hmm. um, of peace, a land that is full of peace where even the animals, even the animals will be safe from each other and even the children will be able to be near them because they won't, you know, attack them. Yeah. Um, and just the beautiful description of God here. It says he will, um, you know, he will give justice justice to the poor, make mm. fair decisions for the exploiter, the earth will. Um, yeah, I think that's what I really liked out of it, the fact that, the description of it's just such a beautiful description of God and such a beautiful promise um, of a world that is to come. Yeah, fully. You guys can't see it, but my Bible is falling apart. It has been for a while. And I had a T-shirt, actually. And on that, it said, you know, in that day, the wolf will live with the lamb. And um, it's from this passage just saying, you know, the the wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard with the young goat, the calf and the young lion. Together. You know, there's things which should be predatory and prey that, mm. you know, one's kind of getting destroyed it's saying, no, no, they, they're going to be at peace. Yeah. And um, one thing I love is in verse 9, my version says, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And I remember reading this from my devotions ages ago, and I was like, whoa, that's the context, right? The cause and effect is when the true knowledge of God covers everything, that kind of creates this space for peace. Wow. Like, does that make sense? Like we yeah. we won't have a distorted image of who God is or what life is about or, you know, any anything that like kind of mars that true picture, we won't have that. The true knowledge of God will be there. And because of that, we're going to have this beautiful harmony. Yeah. Does that make sense? Which yeah. is what we were designed to have. Mm. Like we weren't designed, designed sorry, for hurt or destruction mm. or loss really mm. or grief like we weren't made to feel these things mm. um i think i just think this is an incredible package uh, passage and it talks about the righteousness and faithfulness of his uh in verse five righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist like this is something that you have close to you mm. you know um i think it's a beautiful passage so there's this idea though which we want to just briefly talk. It's like there's a – what does your version say? This My one says a rod from the stem and a branch. Uh-huh. So mine says out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. Mm. Okay. And we have a couple of verses I just want to quickly read. Zechariah 3 verse 8 and 6 verse 12 also says similar things. It says, Here, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, for they are a wondrous sign. Behold, I am bringing forth my servant, the branch. And it goes on to talk about that. And then it also just 
this is just a cross reference if you guys are interested i like cross referencing things so zechariah 6 12 also says then speak to him saying thus said the lord of hosts behold the man whose name is the branch from his place he shall branch out and shall build the temple of the lord mm. i love that this idea it's something that's living mm. It's something that's bearing fruit, right? It's not a dead thing. It's something that is like, yeah, this is the strength in the, yeah, the thing that is <laughs> going to extend out, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, in this, going back to Isaiah 11 verse 10, it says, In that day there shall be the root of Jesse who shall um, send as a banner to the people for the Gentiles shall seek him and his resting place shall be glorious. Mm. I just think the picture I have in my head is like, you know, how you go out somewhere in nature and you just find like a big shady tree on a hot day and you sit underneath it yeah. and you're like, this is delightful. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. That's the picture I have, right? That he's kind of this place of rest, mm. um, but also a place of strength, mm. you know? Um, anyway, that's just something I got out of it as we were that's reading beautiful. it. That's <laughs> beautiful. That's a beautiful imagery. And there's, uh, it's interesting in Isaiah, we've been reading through Isaiah and those chapters and there's a lot of, a lot of mentions of trees. The, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when uh, Isaiah talks to Ahaz, it's he's saying, you you know, he, he's just like the trees, be, they were so scared. They were shaking like trees. And then God says, don't be afraid of them. They're like stumps, uh-huh. they're burning embers. And God here, yet he uses the tree imagery and he says, you know. But something that's growing out of it. Something growing out of the tree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're going to keep reading. The question we do want to ask, though, is who do you think this shoot is? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Yeah, so coming back, we just weren't – we were talking about this root, this stump, this branch. Um, Who do you think this is? Hmm. It appears to be Jesus, right? That's what I would say. (laughs) Well, and look, there's a couple of reasons we're going to say that. Um, Part of it is because of what it talks about. So in verse 1, it's saying uh, from the rod of Jesse. So Jesse was David's dad, David who was king, um, as I gave you some cross-references before. Um, Oh, was it there? Maybe it wasn't. Anyway, we know that um, often... Where is that? There's another verse where it references that it's kind of David's son, um, that Jesus is from from David's line and his lineage. Mm-hmm. And um, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, um, well, there is a verse in Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, where it says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David ha. and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. Yeah. So um, throughout the Bible, we see that Jesus constantly is referred to being the shoot of David or like mm. the descendant of David. And it's, 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 it fits if the shoe fits, hey, and it fits here mm. where it talks about who this, this uh, shoot will grow out of the, the stump Absolutely. of Jesse. And that appears to be uh, this description only fits Jesus. And that's the thing, hey, it really only fits Jesus. Yeah. Like if we look at who Jesus was, what he said his mission was, what before Jesus came, mm. Jesus' mission was going to be or God's plan of salvation was going to be, mm. we look at this prophetically, it kind of just all fits together. Mm. So it's things that you can take it individually and you can be like, oh, that's an amazing passage, but you mm. start to put it together in the context and yeah. you're like, ah, I see. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is significant, right? Yeah. 
Um, that was really nice verse actually that you read in Revelations 22. So if you guys want to check that out, Revelations 22, 16. So yes, it only fits Jesus. Jesus came from the line of David. As you said, he was descended from Adam, who was the son of God, in the sense that Christ created him. So Christ was David's ancestor as well as his descendant, mm-hmm. which is a bit trippy. So let's not go into that too much. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. But it's not the focus of um, kind of this study this morning. It's something that's interesting to look at. But mm-hmm. So we want to look at this idea too. Isaiah 11 is where we're reading. In what ways does the new Davidic ruler reverse the evil effects of sin and apostasy? Mm. That's a good question. What are your um, thoughts? Well, it just reminded me what we read yesterday. So we read um, Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 1. I'll just read it quickly. It just says, What sorrow waits the unjust judges, those who issue unfair laws. So here we hear uh, injustice. And um, they deprive the poor of justice and they deny the rights of the needy among my people. They prey on widows and take advantage of orphans. Um, Here we just see leaders who are taking advantage of the people who don't have the ability to stand up, like, you know, fight back and who don't have the power. They're just um, it's very corrupt. It's very unfair. It's they are depriving their people of justice. Yet on the contrast in the following chapter in verse chapter 11, we see um, this, this uh, verse four, he will give justice to the poor. He mm-hmm. will make fair decisions for the exploited. He's like res- re- restoring mm. um, what was lost. Um, uh, the And then it talks about the earth will shake at the force of his word and the breath of his mouth will destroy the wicked. Um, he'll wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. Um, yeah, it's just interesting that, that that's the description given. Um, but yeah, that, that just basically, it, what was the question? In what day ways do the, does the new ruler reverse the evil effects of sin? Um, well, I think, yeah, he, he does, he basically does acts like, it's a very opposite picture isn't it yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah and it's this is what's interesting is the people that he's speaking to in Isaiah from like what you just read um from a previous chapter from what we can tell he's speaking to his own people mm. and it's his own people who are essentially oppressing their own people yeah and this is a, a god who comes in and is like no 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 that's that's not what I'm about and mm. I'm not here to support your oppression of your people in my name. Mm. because And this is an argument I've heard many times, and I totally agree with it, when people kind of go, yeah, but man, religion or Christianity, oh, what a mess, look at the history. Absolutely. You know, we know this. Um, you look at the Dark Ages, you look at, oh, there's a great book, if you ever want to read it, called The Great Controversy, and it's mm. kind of about the church in the wilderness, so the people who were still faithfully following God and the people who, in the name of God, severely persecuting them. Mm. And I'm reading a book at the moment about the Waldensies who are one of these groups of people. And, yeah, it's really looking about that, the people who are, I guess, the inquisitors of the Catholic Church at the time saying, oh, you know, no, this is God's war. This is holy and just. These are heretics. And it's just completely brutal um, treatment of other people. Mm. We look at the God in the Bible and he consistently is saying, don't you, don't you dare... Um, destroy and oppress and kill in my name mm. unjustly. Yeah. You know? Mm. There's in that 
as the book that I'm reading, there was this interesting quote which just reminded me as, as I asked you that question about reversing, you know, the evil effects of sin. And it just said, the earth is sufficient for hardship. It doesn't need the assistance of man. So I say that suffering caused by man is evil. Ooh, and I okay. was like, oh, that's interesting. Now, is that the actual definition of what evil is? I'm not going to say it is, but it, for me, it was an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. You know, like how do we define evil in this world? Yeah. Um, so he's saying basically um, this world, it has already, you know, it has its problems of yeah. its own for you to add on top of that. That's is, right. I have to say, I see where I see. I understand that point of view. Yeah. It's yeah. It's heavy to hear, but it's like, yeah. That does make sense in a sense, mm. in a way. And I think it also can be a rebuke for, you know, you might, I don't know, I think we have this very human thing of, oh, but I'm a good person. Most most of us as humans, we want to be a good person. Mm. Even if, you know, people don't have a particular religious or spiritual belief, there's still this, but I'm a good person. I'm like, well, what, what makes a good person, right? If we're going to talk about evil and good, what makes evil and what makes good? And I think, I think the human heart is incredibly selfish. Yeah. Like even the best people yeah. that I know, sometimes they've they've said to me, they've been like, "Man, I just I'm just selfish about this. Like yeah. I just want what I want in this thing." And it doesn't mean that they in those situations are harming other people, but sometimes it can be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be they the could person be harming themselves, even though it's absolutely. not harming others. Their their selfishness harms themselves. Yeah. And what does that? What impact does that have? on broader world and life and relationships, mm. if mm. that makes sense, you mm. know. Um, it's just interesting to think what, yeah, what evil can we have in us if we allow it? Because, Ooh. you know, we're all human. Yeah. And I'll be the first one to say, man, what's his name, Paul? Paul is like, he makes this comment, he's like, I, uh, what did he say? Of sinners of whom I am chief. And I regularly debate that. I'm like, Jesus, Paul had nothing on me. I I am I the worst person I yeah, know, yeah. you know. Um, but this is an interesting thing is that God is a God of justice. He can restore even that, mm. you know. So we just want to look at this, um, this Isaiah chapter 11. So our passage that we're just reading, it says, When he takes over, the Lord will bring back, restore, and unite a faithful remnant of Israel and Judah. So comparing it to Israel, uh, Isaiah 10, verse 20 to 22, which says, let me just read that for you. That verse says in 10, 20 to 22, It shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as have escaped of the house of Jacob will never again depend on him who defeated them, but will depend on the Lord the Holy One of Israel, in truth. The remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. For though your people, O Israel, be as sand of the sea, a remnant of them will return. The destruction decreed shall overflow with righteousness. So there's there's a bit of a conditional prophecy in that too. Mm. Um, like, who am I willing to depend on? You know, who who is willing to return to God? Because it's saying the sand of the sea, there's heaps of you, but it's going to be the remnant. This is a constant theme that arises mm. all throughout the Bible, but especially throughout Isaiah where God is yeah. constantly asking his people to choose him, to turn back to him, to repent. Um, yeah. But despite their choices, he does promise a remnant. Mm. And we see that being fulfilled even up to Revelation. Mm. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. 
positively different. Welcome back to the Brecky Show. You're with Minnie and Renee. Um, we're on Faith FM. If you guys are just tuning in, welcome, welcome. And if you've been with us, we are in our encounter with God, which is basically we're just doing a Bible study at the moment in Isaiah chapter 11. And we've been, yeah, kind of slowly over the past few, well, weeks really, been working our way through Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, super interesting book. Yeah. And you made a comment before the break, which I was going to add on to. Yes, I was talking about how the theme of the remnant yes. keeps on popping up all throughout the Bible. And every study that we've we've had, actually, for the last uh, last three weeks, we've, I think what always comes up in our study is um, the fact that God provides hope. Mm. And, but that God is constantly asking his people to come back to him. Mm. Um and so we just see that constantly through almost every chapter in this in this in this book. Absolutely. I'm reading I'm reading Psalms for my devotions at the moment. I think I might have said that to you. And just this morning and last night, I've just been reflecting. I'm just gonna read it to you. A couple of the verses that have really stood out to me. Because I actually like some of the Psalms because they're short. I'll sometimes only read the one Psalms and then just think about it for ages. Mm. Also, I can spend heaps of time in my head. So <laughs> I no, could. But that's the thing. You can do that with Psalms, yeah. though. Because, like we said yesterday, like, because <laughs> the way the Bible was organized, <laughs> they've put in the chapters themselves, that's right? That's true. Yeah. To make it more readable. And so when we finished reading chapter 10, it, how did it end? It ended oh, with, God. like, and that's, and that was, oh, no, chapter oh, 9. Oh, chapter 9. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then yeah. The, it, chapter 9, the end of chapter 9 says, his fist is still poised to strike yeah <laughs> you're like nice okay. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah whereas with psalms you can just read one you can chapter just read and one. like ha huh, i got the most of the full story i can think on this ruminate on it so. absolutely <laughs> but so i just want to read so psalms chapter three and chapter four i was just kind of looking over at them again and verse okay i'll just i'm just gonna read them because they're pretty short actually so psalms chapter three lord how they have increased who trouble me many are they who rise up against me Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my Mm. glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. Mm. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. I'm just going to drop down to verse 8. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon the people. Uh, Chapter 4. There was this one part I really wanted to read. Uh, so verse one, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness, you have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How, how long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? But know that the Lord has set apart for himself, him who is godly. Hmm. The Lord will hear, the Lord will hear when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Um, I'm just going to drop down again to verse eight. I will lie down in peace and sleep for you alone. O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And I know it's maybe not entirely connected to, so you know that, that whole thing, how they say women's brains are like spaghetti, everything connects mm. for me. Totally true. Mm. I'm like, Oh, that connects to this thing, which connects to nothing. Just, <laughs> let's just join all the dots. And other people are like, it doesn't connect. I'm like, but it does. But it does. <laughs> yeah. But just on the topic of you, what you just mentioned is a, a very um, consistent theme we're seeing in Isaiah is this remnant idea. Mm. And as I was reading this, I was like, man, David in his Psalms, now, we don't know his feelings and thoughts in a lot of ways, but he just seems to have such an assurance mm. that, yeah, God, you're my shield. Oh, everything here, it doesn't matter what I have. If I don't have God, I'm huh. not safe, right? Yeah. And he, 
I just find it interesting this point. He says, you know, you have set the godly apart for yourself uh-huh. or something like that. Um, so I know you will hear me when I call. Mm. And I was just thinking about this. I was like, okay, self, <laughs> let's have a little thing. <laughs> do we believe that? Like, do I, do I really believe God? I, I know you you've heard me, and I know that you have. When I ask forgiveness, I'm forgiven. Mm. I'm clean. Mm. Like, do I know that you are the one who lifts my head? when nothing else does? Am I looking to other things? You know, are people saying to me, in whatever the circumstance I'm in, do I live my life in such a way, or, you know, whatever, that they're saying, his God doesn't, you know, her God doesn't help her. Hmm. His God doesn't help him. Or are they like, hmm, there's something interesting about this person who is in a stitch-up, they're in some distress, but they're still looking to their God and and they're able to sleep in peace. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's kind of this idea that God protects. Oh, no, hold on. Let me get this right because I I don't want to say this wrong. I don't think God's protection is conditional on us, like on what I do. I think that God is a respecter of persons. Mm. So if I tell God that I want nothing to do with him in my life, he will constantly seek to save and heal because that's the God he is. You know, he, it, it, the Bible tells us he's not a God who slumbers. Mm. Like he doesn't sleep while the people he loves need saving and he loves us. He loves us beyond anything else. Mm. However, I don't know that he will interfere in our life when we don't want him to be there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I just find it an interesting thing to look at these passages where – he steps in on behalf of those who can't fight for themselves to protect from people who are saying they know him. Mm. I don't know. In my head, it's all kind of, yeah, connecting in this big mm. <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're saying, okay, so what you're saying is God won't overstep. If you flat out reject God and say, I don't, I don't, I, I, I want to do me. Mm. You're saying God won't overstep his boundaries and he'll he'll respect that. Yeah. But in doing so, he's also still going to protect his people who, That's right. who you may be hurting. And I don't think that means God God gives up on people. Mm. Like just because we say no once, I think he's still at work just creating opportunity again and again because like I want you to know I'm here. Yeah. You can choose to reject this. Yeah. I just need you to know that the option's here to come to me. Yeah, and we can see that throughout this story. Ahaz flat out said, nah, Ahaz, the king who God said, I'll ask ask for anything, I'll give it to you. He said, no. Yeah. Did, God, did God leave Ahaz in that moment? No, he didn't. Yeah. He, he, he actually gave him a prophecy and anyway, gave him more hope. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just, he did respect his wishes. He did allow Ahaz yes. to do whatever he wanted, and, and Ahaz did suffer the consequences for that. Mm. Yeah, God didn't leave, and he was still there. And he still provided hope. So yeah, I, I liked I, I like what you said, you know. Um just while you were talking and sharing, I, I really was thinking, huh, there are many times in, in fact in the past year where I found myself stressed, mm. um, extremely just irritated, I'm just a whole mess. And if I think back, my friends and family said, Renee, you're so busy, you're so like, you know, you need to rest, you need to chill. And I know, I know for a fact they didn't see, I didn't, they didn't see God in that, you know, they, they mm. just saw Renee trying to, I guess I trying to find my value in what I did. Mm. And I had to come to a point where I realized that what I do is good. It's great. But who I am is more important and who I am is what, like Blair was saying, being founded in God and having my identity in Christ and all that. So it was just a really good reminder to be, 
to be like, huh, this, you know, I've failed in the past. I still fail in many ways. Mm. But the fact that God never gives up and God still provides hope and that I can still grow in him. That's that I found very reassuring in what you shared. I was like, huh, despite my falls, um, I can still hope in God. I can still cling on to him. He's yeah. still offering out his hand um, and I can still put my life in his hands. So mm. that's just a reminder to our listeners and to us here in the studio. Like no matter where you are in your Christian journey, there are many times that you may stumble and you can fall flat on your face and you feel like, I can't do this. I am such a <laughs> failure. Mm. We have a God who is so much bigger than us. Yeah. And no matter what we do, he, you know, our salvation isn't based on our works. It's we can be assured that God saves us because he is love, because he's a good God. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I just, come on, say it again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have anything else to add to that. I just think that's absolutely true. Mm. And it can be hard to remember that when we're in that place of stress. Exactly. But it doesn't make it untrue. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're on The Breakfast Show. You are with Minnie and Renee. Um, Lila's going to be back with us shortly, as we've said, um, but he is not here yet. So it's us two. It has now come time for... Question of the day. Okay, so today's question is, how do I, a Christian who reads the Bible, (laughs) how do I read Songs of Songs? Or Songs of Solomon, as some people know it. Because, yes. because let me co- give context to the listeners. Mm-hmm. Because this is how I was taught how to read it. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> you read the chapter, the, the book before, you skip the next one, and then you read. Because we read the book. We read the whole Bible in family worship. Mm. And so when we got to Songs of Songs, we were like, anyway, let's go to Ecclesiastes. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> i actually think my mum would probably agree with you on that one yeah. she is just like it shouldn't be in the bible, <laughs> it shouldn't be in the bible. Uh, well i don't know if she still thinks that but she <laughs> she used to tell me that she was like oh no uh look this is absolutely my opinion but i'm gonna tell you what i think mm-hmm. i think it is twofold it's still twofold like it is between like a man and a woman like it is about a relationship yeah and there are some there are some pretty strange compliments, like in that way. What does he talk about? He's just like talking about your um, her body. Your cheeks he talks lo- about her body. He does. He does. <laughs> He's just like I've compared you, my love, to my filly among Pharaoh's chariots. You're like nice, smooth, smooth, <laughs> smooth, and then you know, and just like yeah, there's just a whole bunch of things. It's your what is it? Your neck is like the tower of this, and yeah, but. There is context for that. So, yes, it's a relationship. I This is how I read it. I always read it in the context of Hosea is the story about God's pursuit of people and them just being ignoring. I read Song of Solomon as when that person who is being loved actually responds. Mm. So, apparently, look, I don't know. I'm not Jewish. I haven't been to Israel. But apparently the Song of Songs is considered to be one of the five megalot i want to call it. it's just like the scrolls which are read on major festivals so following the tradition mystical traditions some shepardic and hasidic jews i don't know how to pronounce them have a custom to recite it each week on the shabbat evening so friday night as shabbat serves as a renewal of loving vows between god and the jewish people mm. the tradition ascribes that it's author king solomon who lived in the 10th century bc um and they they 
basically notes that many literary parallels are with other love poetry and wedding songs from the Babylonia and Egypt um, era and suggests a later date of composition, perhaps. Anyway, the point is, it is about relationships. But look, when I started reading, but this became my favorite book when I was like 16 years old. Mm. And it was all in the context of me being like, I don't ever want a relationship. I don't want to get married. <laughs> and part of the reason was genuinely this book. I was like, well, if God is the greatest romancer, why, why would I need a man? Wow. <laughs> hey, okay. But I, I was just, there was this one passage, which was my favorite, favorite, favorite for ages. I'm going to read it to you guys. It's in chapter 2, verse 10 to 13, and it says, My beloved spoke and said to me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past. The flower is the, uh, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs, and the vines pretend to grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Wow. I remember reading this, and it was such a strong... Uh, impression or mm. something on my heart that I ended up writing a song about the words that I felt were kind of for me mm. that it was like God going hey I know things because I was <laughs> I was a pretty depressed teenager like mm. I was quite severely depressed yeah. and um, I remember this moment of yeah kind of trying to interact with God and I, I really struggled with my relationship with God I didn't you know didn't love church didn't really read my Bible but I kind of wanted to have that yeah and I remember it was like kind of this call from God's heart being like, hey, rise up from like your sorrows and annoyances and disappointments. Come come, come with me. Come wow. away with me. Like I know, I know it's been hard, but the winter, that's done now. Yeah. So so let the new season be the new season. Mm. Like let life in and just, just rise up from that and come away with me. And that was just for my heart, you know. Mm. And it's become one of my favorite passages of, yeah, just going, oh, if God has been seeking my heart and seeking my heart, Maybe this is what happens when you respond is you have this beautiful relationship. Mm. Um, and I think I believe that marriage is meant to be a picture of intimacy that we can have with God. Mm -hmm. um, it's a human expression of, of that closeness. Mm -hmm. So it is also about relationship, but I also think it's about um, God's heart for us. Thou art all fair, my love, there is. 
night to give forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun. Terrible as an army with banners, who is she? I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away, come away, come away. That was Ron and Patty Valiant, Rose of Sharon. You're back on the Brekkie Show with Minnie and Renee. It has come to the end of the show. It sure has. I just wanted to follow on from our question of the day. I just think this does need to be said because it's important. We were talking about Song of Songs. How do we read it? I think it's the context of God's great heart for us. Also, people, let's just put this out there. It needs to be said. God created sex. It was designed to be an incredible thing in yeah. the right context. Mm-hmm. And I know historically and also even today, there are a whole lot of Christians even who um, say, oh, no, it's bad. Like It's almost like this real naughty taboo thing. Yeah. Well, they do treat it that way. Absolutely. And And I think that can be really destructive if you're trying to raise, yeah, your kids in in a beautiful context to understand that it's precious. Sometimes I have have heard Mm. and seen it go so far as a we don't talk about it thing that it becomes – Either one scandalous, so we want to do it because it's mm. because it's naughty, yeah. or <gasps> I'm just bad. If we ever, you know, yeah. even once you're married, like I've yeah. had friends. Anyway, so it also is very, <laughs> yeah. very much to do with physical intimacy. Um, but it's in the Bible, yeah. And if we believe that the Bible is all inspired by God and God given, um, you, you know, have to read it that way. Yeah, we can't just go, oh, chuck that book out because yeah. Mary Kondo. That doesn't bring me joy to read. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like anyway. It's in the Bible. It's there for a reason. So, and you know what? If we have questions, let's read it and then just bring it to God and be like, hey, what, what in fact is this what about? Do you, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, just go into it with prayer if you need to. But we've come to the end of our show, guys. Spend some time with Jesus. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget, talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.